Very good, kids. Now come and get your riddle on. <clears throat> good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I'm Sam. I am. Welcome to the Lifeboat live stream. That's probably the closest we'll get to saying the Pledge of Allegiance on this show. Today we're going to talk homeschooling, and we've got a wonderful guest. Laura's going to join us here in just a minute, but I wanted to take a moment to kind of set the stage with you as to why we're having this discussion, and it relates with what we talk about on our Sunday live streams, what's happening with the economy, what's happening with the lockdowns and the disruptions to small businesses, what's happening as part of the fourth turning, and uh, the you know the last 20-year cycle typically ends in kinetic war breaking out. And I think we're in the midst of that now. We see hyperinflation. You know, the last time we were at the fourth turning was World War II and what happened to Germany's currency. I think we're heading into an environment like that. And part of that is that chaos that erupts is a breakdown. When the money breaks down, the systems that depend on that money also break down. So a lot of you may have never thought about homeschooling your your kids. It's maybe not even on your radar, but it could very well be dropped in your lap as part of this process uh, as we kind of transition from where we are today to whatever we emerge out of this period of chaos that I, that I think is is on the horizon here. And so I wanted to bring in an expert to really give you the tools, the knowledge to navigate those waters should the need arise. So with that, oh good, you did pop in. Hello, Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you, happy to be here. Would you like to uh, introduce yourself to the audience? Um, sure, my name is Laura Cronin. I am from Atlanta um, by way of New York. That's where I'm originally from. I am the mom of two boys. I am a life coach, um, also an author of two books, one which is about diabetes. I'm a type 1 diabetic as well. Um, and the other, which is Homeschool Happily, which I'm sure we're going to talk about a little bit today. Um, I am also an entrepreneur. You can see I'm a little Jill of all trades here. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. I have developed a number of products and brought them into the market. And um, I'm the founder of my company, which is called BU Only Better. Okay, wonderful. Um, so let's just start with, you know, you've You've kind of you've been down this path, but you've also, I guess, talked to a lot of other homeschooling parents. What are some of the motivations? Like, why do they want to homeschool their children? The government public education is free. I mean, shouldn't they just be using that? Well, yeah, in an <laughs> ideal world, um, you know, I think the um, just to to sort of lay a foundation here, like the original purpose of uh, public education was to give kids. Um, the the skills to become future workers, right? And yes. also to become um, citizens in a democracy. But the problem is there is no democracy anymore. There is a single solitary leftist political agenda um, of teachers unions and our government. Yes. And um, I think school has become the perfect um, monopolistic instrument of tyranny. And that being said, and that is something that we've all found out really lately as to what's going on um, in the schools. There's, you know, many, many, many reasons that we can speak about of why people would consider um, homeschooling. And I don't know if you just mm -hmm. want to like dive into those right now, or if you want to. You can take us wherever you want to go. I, I mean, just hearing you say that, they, they brought out this system during the Industrial Revolution. 
And what they needed were a whole bunch of factory workers who would sit at their station, do menial tasks all day and, you know, respond to bell ringing, basically. So they built this school system around that to to turn out those types of individuals, not entrepreneurs who are going to go out and change the world. And right. So, and that's really, yeah. yeah sorry. No, go ahead. Go right ahead. Well, it, it, that's very true. Um, even when you look at really big entrepreneurs, people like the the Elon Musk's and stuff of the world, I, I, don't, I don't even know that he graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Um, there, the the thing is, there is freedom in order to become an entrepreneur. In order to become successful, really, you need freedom of thought, and that's something that the schools don't want you to have anymore. And um, really, throughout history, they don't want you to have, really have that. I don't think uh, not, not not controlling governments. Like for instance, in the in the Middle Ages, we had the Inquisition to you know shut up everybody. Uh, freedom of thought was gone then. Um, we right now in in this day and age, we place the lives of our kids in their most formative years for the majority of their day under the control of experts that were appointed by the state we force them to attend schools where the higher aspiration of humanity is basically like crushed out and where their mind is filled with the liberalism of the day and and individualism ceases to exist at that point um and 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 very much like all of these teachers have gone through that process themselves through the universities so they've had that sort of stamped into them so it turns out this sort of very narrow mindset, I think, and uh, that has a tremendous impact on the way students come out thinking because they, they're they not teaching us how to think, they're teaching us what to think. That's probably yes. my biggest critique about the public 100%. school system. That, exactly, that's my biggest beef too. And not only that, but what they're trying to hide is that parents or what they're trying to to make sure it does not exist is parents are the best advocates for their children. They don't like teachers unions have political agendas. Parents usually don't. They what they want for their children isn't a political agenda. It is the best education that can possibly be available for their children. And we used to think, hey, that's what the public school system is for, and that's yeah. where people are getting this their their education. But educational freedom doesn't exist anymore. It's it's parents are shut out of their children's learning. And I think the pandemic uh, and going through, I call it the scandemic, but going through that, um, that period of time, I think a lot of parents woke up to, wait a second, what is my kid learning yeah. in school? Or yeah. what am I overhearing now? And, you know, I started homeschooling before that. Uh, I'm glad I had the foresight to, you know, the, the whole thing, everything shutting down, all of that happening. We didn't miss a beat. In fact, we're way ahead of everyone else because of, because of being in a good place um, when that happened. But, you know, we have a Department of Education that's attacking parental rights. They, they, they're calling parents domestic terrorists because they want to know what their kids are doing. They don't want their kids learning certain things. And, you know, the FBI is a task force to look after yeah. these parents. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's scary. It's really scary. It is. And, they're they're you know, being weaponized. They are. Absolutely. And, and, I think that even, you know, there's been politicians who have come out, like Democratic politicians who have come out and said, like, we have to protect children from their parents, from their parents' viewpoints, you know, from the parents, whether it's libertarian, whether it's conservative, you know, um, far right, whatever it is, they're, they need, because that's not what the school system believes, it's not what the teachers unions wants, the children can't believe that. And that mm-hmm. is pushed on those kids every day. And I saw it myself, which is really what led to me homeschooling um if you want me to tell that little story i can 
Um, yeah, actually, why don't you jump right into there? I, I would just add at the same time, they're extending uh, the age of children, right? Like now, I, I heard an argument years ago from a politician wanting to claim that somebody is that's 23, well, they're still on their parents' insurance, so we should still be considering them children and, and give them, you know, make them part of this protected class where we control certain aspects of their life. And that's, governments just... <laughs> it's never enough. They just keep taking and taking and taking. And, and right. And that's why they want kids to start school earlier now. That's yeah, that too. Getting a free education for the like toddlers because then we can get our hooks into them quicker. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and these kids are so pliable when they're young and they'll yes. believe anything you tell them. And, you know, if they can get their hooks into them quicker, then they have another little soldier that they've created. And I know um, your kids have been in and out of public school. Yeah. Why don't you jump? You, you've just basically opted out of that as, you know, as best you could. Um, why don't you tell us about that process? Okay. Well, when my um, son was in um, eighth grade, we had, we th- my kids were in public school still. My son was in eighth grade. My oldest son, my youngest youngest son was in fifth grade. Uh, we had a tour of the high school and um, it was in the middle of the year. It was February and we went to the school and the first place that we went was to um, actually, can I, I need to jump back before okay. that. So there's a precursor to that. <laughs> Eighth grade, my son was in a debate class. It was election year. It was 2016. Um, there were town halls that were happening. Hillary Clinton was doing one. Trump was doing another one. And um, the teacher would have the students in the debate class only watch the Democratic town halls. Never once was assigned to watch the Republican town halls. They never Mm. discussed the Republican town halls. They only discussed Hillary and the left. And I, I had a problem with that. And I said, Look, I'm not, I do not tell my child what to think, but my child needs to get all the information in order to know what to think. So so I called a meeting at the school and I went up there with the teacher and the principal and I was told basically in no uncertain terms to mind my own business that the school was, uh, that they created this curriculum before the school year began. I'm like, that's impossible because they, these town halls weren't scheduled then. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but that's besides the point. Um, and, and it was too bad. Like, basically, like, that was what they were doing. And I said, well, I'm removing my kid from your class then. And we got up, and I said, that's it. He's just not going back to that class again. So that was the first uh, major thing that had happened. There was many bumps before that. But that was the first thing that I was like, something's wrong here. And uh, then the next thing that happened was a few months later, and we were going on the tour of the, the high school. And we went into the AP but my son is, he's a pretty smart kid. And um, we went to go visit the AP bio class and the teacher there um, said that they were gonna have two hours worth of homework every night and that they were gonna be you know, so crazy. And uh, it was very, 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 very difficult. And they could only take one AP class um, per year per, per, for their ninth grade class. And my son said, well, I don't understand. Why can't I take more than one if I think I can handle it? He goes, you can't handle it. You're in ninth grade, you can't handle it. Which the, the the bottom line for that story is they don't want the kids to take more because then it brings down the if they don't succeed in what they're doing it brings down you know their their scores in the school and stuff and that's yes. what they all they care about um then we went into the ap government class and the teacher said the same exact thing to my son said if you're taking ap bio you cannot take ap government and we sat in the class anyway and listened to what this woman had to say where again 
an election year. And she was talking about the entire time she referred, and I have snapshots of this too. I took pictures and everything because I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. She didn't refer to the United States as the United States. She referred to it constantly as the untied states. And I said, what kind of government government AP instructor is going to refer to the United States as the untied states? Like, what are you saying right now to people? And how could you even say that? You know, that's your story of of speaking. So so we walked out of the school that day and uh, that night. And my son goes, I don't want to go to school here. He's like, I don't like it. And I said, I don't blame you. I don't want you to go to school here either. And that's what led to the homeschooling. He said, will you homeschool me? And he, you know, they had asked before because I think that they've never really enjoyed the school environment. Um, not not the, the friends aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Not the, you know, they never had any issues with bullying or anything like that, with a lot, which a lot of kids do. Um, but they did not want to, uh, or he at least did not want to be there. So I said, yeah, you know what, I'll, I'll homeschool you. And um, I didn't, you know, I, I, I second guessed that very much before I had started again, before I started homeschooling that in that in September. But I said to my younger one too, I said, do you want to be homeschooled as well? And he said, yes. And I was like, all right. So that that's how we started, um, just from having those kind of experiences. Uh, so with- what were your hesitations like heading into that? Because you yeah, had you learned about homeschooling previously to that? No, nothing. Uh, I went Just cold in. into it. Um, okay. I learned as I went along, and honestly, I found, I mean, so many things that we, like, for instance, my son, I decided, okay, he wants to do AP bio, he wants to do AP uh, government and he wanted to do AP psychology all his his freshman year. We did it all. He aced every one of his AP exams, which, by the way, you still can take those kind of exams if you want. Yeah. All you just have to do is register and go to a school. We can talk about that too in a little bit. But um, he aced all of them. So I said, my kid took three now. You said he could only take one and he was going to have two hours worth of homework a night. Another thing is, my kids never have homework. Never. We yeah. do school during the day or whenever we decide to do it. And, um, and you know, they're provided with information in, in a way of, you know, not just throwing facts at them, but understanding concepts and, and being able to talk about them and things like that. And it's, uh, you know, we just never, I never looked back. And I will absolutely say that it was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my entire life was to homeschool my kids. And they say it too, every yeah. day. They say, you know, they tell me they're thankful so much that we that we did this just mm-hmm. because of the opportunities and things that we get to do, you know. I, I think that they've robbed kids of, of the ability to have kids, uh, to not to have kids, to be kids <laughs> in the, <laughs> yeah. to be kids. Yeah, like be they, kids. they don't give them the time to go out and play and, do, you know, you learn more than just facts in that process. You learn the interpersonal skills and negotiating and, uh, you know, compromise and all of these things. And, you know, Spark Academy is one of the things that I, one of these sort of co-op education centers that I've been exposed to that I really liked because it was very much the kids uh, lead the where they go like the group as a group they get together and they kind of decide okay we want to learn this and we want to tackle this subject and there's a lot of like negotiating things those are life skills that just don't get developed in the government school system do they absolutely not they don't and in fact that's something i talk about is life school are the life skills that that kids develop and and something that someone any people that i encounter that get to talk to my kids are like 
your children are so wise. Like yes. they can carry conversations with adults. They, yes. they look, yes. we volunteer in one of the great things about homeschooling is we get to do a lot of volunteering. And I think that that is an educational experience in itself. And, um, and you know, it, it's part of giving back. And I think that that's really important and something that I've, that I've always taught my children. Uh, but one of the things that we, that my younger son and I have done and my older son and I did it as well, but my younger son and I just did it recently again, was we worked with, uh, junior achievement and we went to um they have this whole place set up it's called uh, biz town here in atlanta i think they probably have them all over the place though and uh the kids come in um like a whole school comes in a whole sixth grade class or seventh grade class or eighth grade class they come in and they go around from like store to store place to place and they have to try to learn about budgeting and learning about buying mm-hmm. a house and um you know how to get a loan and all of these things and these kids a number of things that we observed from from this is one none of them can even look you in the eye to speak to you um they 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 mumble they look down they won't it's like they can't carry a conversation at all and even with my son now my son's sitting here 15 at the time or he just had turned 16 i think that day that he volunteered he's like teaching ninth graders you know mm-hmm. he he's having these conversations with ninth graders like an adult speaking to them and and the kids are all just like you know their heads are down and buried and they're just very um they just don't have the skills they just don't yeah. have those kind of uh, life skills i, I would and, echo um, that i just want to jump in yeah. I, I lived in new hampshire for two years and there's a really as part of the free state project so a lot of homeschoolers up there and every time I run into those kids, it's exactly what you described. They're around adults. They know how to interact as adults. And it's it's completely different when you see kids that are in the government school. They just, they're not as well behaved. They're not as, I, I don't know. I, I've always tried to treat kids and respond to them like adults. I remember, you know, asking a, my stepdad why the sky is blue. And I I think the answer was just because it is or something he didn't know and didn't want to explore that with me. And I always try and do that with my daughter to kind of everything is really uh, an educational process. And the schools just take that out because you come in, you sit down at the desk and then you will be given the information that you need to test to pass the test at the end. Back out at me when I ask for it. That's exactly what it is. I I just I don't think that kids understand concepts anymore. They yeah. just understand facts and how to take a test. And, um, you know, but let's face it, they're, they're, these classrooms, you have a teacher, you have one teacher in these classrooms that are overcrowded and, and you know, that that kids don't get personalized attention. And the mm-hmm. ones that are smarter get, you know, pushed down to meet up the ones that are, that are not as, you know, I don't want to say smart, but not as, uh, you know, quick to learn concepts and everybody's kind of squished in the middle. So the kids that can excel don't, don't get to excel. Mm -hmm. And you know, the one, there's just nothing to push these kids to have that creative aspect in their life, to be able to go the step further. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that that's a real problem with the, with the public schools. And I mean, there, there's so many, um, you had asked before, uh, like what, why would you educate kids at home? And, And I started talking about the politics thing and yes, that is, that is definitely a huge, um, aspect of it. And, you know, nowadays, 
we have obviously the whole pandemic and what happened with that and the masking and vaccinations and you know all of this nonsense and and seeing all the things that we saw with like the, the teachers and and their tyrannical hold on um basically students and and parents and but there's so many other reasons you know because i didn't have those specific reasons that i the ones that i just said when i went when i decided to homeschool um i told you some of them but there's so many more like i mean first of all safety i it, we hear about school shootings all the time it's scary and there's been so many diff different research studies and things that like 50 percent of kids that go to school are actually scared that there might be a shooting at their school like what kind of life is that is that to live you know yeah. it's like i don't worry about that at my house it's not uh that's not going to happen i do not have to worry i remember when sandy hook happened um i was i mean my kids were little i was like bawling crying so upset and i was just could not wait for them to get off the school bus like i was just so like i just never wanted to let them go again you know to go into school and like have some place that you're supposed to think is safe and you're not protected there and mm -hmm. you know and, and then there's the thing well teachers can be armed but then they don't want teachers to be armed like why not like why wouldn't you want teachers to be armed at school i would you know mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I feel much safer if a teacher had, was armed and, and knew how to use uh, a weapon um so you know that this the school safety thing is is a huge issue in in my opinion as well which also leads to you know more violence which is um and we touched on it for a second but the bullying in school i mean 20 percent of kids admit to admit to being bullied have made reports have you know on the record of things that have happened at school and and in the school surroundings and how many things aren't reported you know what about all the social media stuff that goes on where kids are just treat just that's uh, i can't stand the social media <laughs> for kids it's horrible yeah I, it thank, is. i'm so thankful my kids do not use social media my one my one my older son wants none of it because he wants to be the president one day so he wants no footprint no digital footprint at all he has nothing and um my younger son is is a musician and he um so he's you know trying to develop his his and he has a lot of interests too because of homeschooling um so he likes to you know focus on his his music and he does graffiti art and he does uh, bon he makes bonsai trees and he just it, i mean he unicycles <laughs> he has so many interesting things because i give him the opportunity to do all these things yeah i think a lot of the problems at least from the public school stem from the fact that they're not getting the buy-in of the students like the students aren't enrolled when i was going through school it was always like okay, this is this thing I have to go and do. I jump through these hoops. I learn the lesson. Then I take the test. I was an A and B student, mostly because I didn't do most of the homework because I was just bored to tears with it. Right. And, and you know, like even in reading class, I remember reading some book, maybe Mark Twain or who knows what it was. And the teacher's like, okay, what? We read the passage. And then she's like, well, what did the author mean from that? And somebody raised their hand and said, well, I think it was this. And no, that's not it. And the next person, no, that's not it. And then the third person finally got it right. And it's like, wait a minute, how do you, shouldn't it, couldn't it mean something different to each person? But it's really, no, we're going to tell you what to think. And like, I think some of the kids, at least I did, see through that and realize like this, I just, I wasn't bought into the whole thing. So I was learning these little pieces, but not really caring about the bigger picture here. And I, right. and that's 
perfect example. Yeah. And like, I think a lot of behavioral problems and bullying and uh, drama and stuff that we get that kids have to deal with comes out of that environment, that structure, those kids that just don't want to be there that aren't enrolled in the process in the way that homeschoolers typically are. Yeah, you know, I think basically you had mentioned it to me before about like kids as being stakeholders in their mm-hmm. education versus just being a student, right? So mm-hmm. kids nowadays in, in, in public school, especially, they do not have the right to freely express their opinion. It's so rare that you have that opportunity to do that in school. It's either yeah. you're right or you're wrong or, you know, you speak when you're spoken to or whatever it is. And um, kids are like, when are they ever asked to participate in the development of right. programs or uh, or learning that affects their lives? And that's one of the things also about homeschooling that I think is so amazing is that my son can voice his concern about anything whenever he wants. And mm-hmm. I hear him and I listen to him and we work together on you know, doing something else. And, you know, I like I mentioned him being in music. Well, one of the things that's so great is that because he responds so much to to music, we can do so many things that center around that, but you're still learning other things. Like yeah. whether we're doing, um, we did a whole, um, a whole like uh, thing on um, the American dream. I did a whole segment on that, like a whole learning uh, about a month long on it. And we did so many things, like we analyzed different songs, we analyzed speeches from Ronald Reagan, from JFK, and we did, you know, um, he wrote music, he did artwork, because like I said, he's really into art that that epitomized the American dream. There's just so many different things, how we how we wrapped that all up together. And at the end, he produced a song like his last project was to produce a song that he wrote and and produce the whole thing, um, Mm -hmm. you know, come up with the cover art, everything for what he was doing. And, um, and, you know, now he has this, this song and it's, you know, about seeds of the American dream. Um, And it's like, that is, he learned so much from that, you know, Mm -hmm. from, from everything. And, and another example of that is um, two years ago, I think when he was in eighth grade, um, I had, it was geography. Well, it started off as geography that we were learning about all the different countries and everything. So I was having him go on his world tour for his, his uh, band. So he had to have his band name. He had to develop the, 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 st- the collateral that he was going to sell at the concerts. He had to say where he was going to be going into what different countries. And it had to make sure it was the most effective way to go from country to country, not nice. just like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, to here and then jump over 2,000 miles this way and then come back there. It had to all kind of flow together. And then he had to tell me, what was he doing in each of these places when he had time off? You know, where did, what did he see? What were the amazing things that, that um that that inspired him you know what is he taking from that so that it was just a way to to take what he loves and make it a learning experience and, and teach I think that that, each, and teach event mm-hmm. planning teach uh exactly. you know merchandising budgeting, he budgeted the budgeting whole thing. yeah all of that exactly yeah that that's really the approach my daughter's seven i mm-hmm. i pushed for homeschooling with her mom but she's in public schools right now um but when i get her you know, regardless of being in public school or not, it's homeschooling time. So, you know, last time she wanted to build a fort. So we, I looked up on YouTube and had her sit down with me and watch the video on how to make the TP. And then we went out and made one. Uh, I had her this last weekend and she was showing, I got her a iPad to, cause she's an artist and likes to draw and you can do mm-hmm. cool stuff on that. 
Uh, but she was making these horror film trailers. Um, really? Where it's it's kind of it's like a cheesy app thing that does all it makes it look scary for okay, you, okay. and you just pick out your little video clips. But that got me thinking. Okay, this is something that she's interested in. So now what I'm doing is talking to her about shooting a short film where I'm going to bring all my camera equipment down to the farm next time we go. Uh-huh. And we'll make a little, you know, five minute like student horror film where she gets killed in the woods or something like that. I, I don't know. <laughs> but I'll have her develop the story and write out the I don't know if she's going to write out the scenes yet, but I'll go through that process with her, teach her filmmaking because it's something that she loves. And that's really kind of like I know you do more of the homeschooling approach or home education approach, but there's really a, a spectrum of different ways that people educate their kids at home. Do you want to talk right. about some of those different models? I think I would fall more on the unschooling side of the house. Yeah, well, um, I think that, you know, I fall under both places okay. um, because I do give my kids, well, I have. I keep saying kids, but my one son's in college now, so, <laughs> um, but uh, I just have to refer to the one. Um, my son flexibility to do the things that he wants to do also, you know, there, there, we have an agenda, things that we want to get done during the day, things that he, he needs to get done. Um, but there's nothing that's forced on him. And I think it's stuff that he wants to learn. So I think that that is the number one, like unschooling in itself is the, you know, the most informal learning model, right? Under the homeschooling umbrella. Yeah. That, like you're saying, kids can learn, explore, discover. And by the way, the fort thing, my kids loved forts. And I mean, not just love them, like, oh, they love making them, like, kids love forts. Like, that was something that they did all the time. Like, I had my entire family room. My entire family room was a giant fort. They used, like, um, those giant moving boxes from Mm -hmm. Lowe's and just got them a ton of them. And I left this fort up in my family room for a month because they loved it so much. It was the entire entire room and they they did all their work in there you know they were under un, underneath the thing they created desks inside of it and stuff it's just like that and that was learning to me because it was like an engineering project to mm-hmm. them i mean it was the, the the intricacies of what went into this fort were you know i, I challenge any engineer to, to come up with the stuff that they did yeah. so um so you know but but back to the unschooling thing it 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 allows children to learn and explore and discover things at their own pace and, and on their own terms. Now, I, I love that. I believe in that so much, but I also think for me, I think that there has to be a little bit of structure too, yeah. just depending on yeah. what your, um, you know, what your ultimate goals are. But, but I think the number one thing is with unschooling is that you don't force anything on a kid. Um, you don't, you don't force something that they don't want to learn. You give them opportunity to experience a lot of different things um, because maybe, you know, maybe they only like cooking. And so you can't just have them just do cooking all the time. There has to be some other type of thing. Well, if you're going to be a chef, like maybe you should, we should be learning about nutrition or something, you know, yeah. to kind of like. You might uh, have to run uh, your own restaurant. So you're right. going to need and, these additional right. skills. And, and that like was. That. Business, that, you know. Yeah. So, Like the, I want to jump in here. That was my complaint yeah. about. There was this show, there's the show Wife Swap out there, and I think it was season seven, episode four, where they had Dana Martin's family, and she's, they were very much on the unschooled side, and Uh they had a daughter who was, I want to say nine, 10, 11, somewhere in that age range, and the 
like military mom that swapped out was just throwing a fit over the lack of structure that this family had. You know, they wake up when they want. The kids go yeah. and play games for hours a day. And, and she pointed to, you know, was talking to the daughter and pointed to a word that was dishwasher on the dishwasher and she couldn't read it. And like at that age, I, I, I'm watching that and like I'm having a real problem with this because kids, as a parent, I feel like it's my job. It's my uh, role in her life to arm her with the tools and the knowledge that she needs to go out in the world and be successful. And kids don't necessarily know what that is. So I think I'm kind of like you where I like, you know, uh, feeding their interests. And when they, when they express some kind of interest or excitement about something, how do I expand that? I'm always looking for, okay, how can I take that and, and teach her something from it? At the same time, though, I think, yeah, you do have to either have a structure or really push your kids to learn the things that they need to learn. And I, I just I don't know that pure unschooling approach is the most effective way for. No, I, I don't think. And but I think the time when that works the best is when they're really young. Okay. Um, we're talking in that preschool area mm-hmm. of letting them gravitate to the things that interest them and the things that uh, are fun to them. And let's face it, like most of the toys and stuff, kids like all that stuff anyway, that they're playing with, that they're learning from. But, you know, I don't think you need to shove things down kids throat that, that young um, or ever really, I shouldn't say that. But, um, but I do believe that you, you, you see what your child gravitates to through, through that little bit of the unschooling. And then you, Mm -hmm. yes, you can add in, in other places and, and, and develop those passions because you know when they say like um when you're an adult and you're working and sometimes people get up every day and they have to go to work and it's like a nine to five job and yeah. they're just like uh you know uh, they hate their job or whatever life. Yeah. you want to wake up every day no matter what you're doing whether you're in school whether you're working to go i love this day like this is going to be a great day like what's going to happen today what's going to be exciting what's going to be fun you know what am i going to what am i going to learn what am i going to experience and and I think that's how my kids woke up every single day and still wake up every single day going, what's, what's, what exciting is going to happen today? And that's how I look at it, too. I always have that, you know, I might be very cynical on social media when it comes time to the current government, but I am a very positive Passionate, person. like me, I would say. I'm a very positive person, and I, I do um, always feel like there's something good and exciting about every day. Like I am never like, oh, I'm so bored and this, you know, stinks and I don't want to do this. It's like I, I get something out of every single thing that I do. Um, so and I think my kids have 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 learned that approach and they um, they believe in it like wholeheartedly. They're just they love life. And and, you know, I see um, a lot of kids uh, that that are pretty, you know, have some big mental health problems um that are you know i I, a friend's son just committed suicide Mm -hmm. uh this past week um there's just a lot of you know damage that's happening to these kids and um and it's just so sad that that and it's coming from the schools coming from the people they surround themselves with and it's coming from 
um, sometimes uh, parents not being aware of what's going on with their kid. And Mm -hmm. I think that homeschooling, that's another advantage of it, that you know what your kid is doing. You're spending the time with your child. You're seeing them grow up. You're seeing if something's wrong right in the beginning. You don't find out about it after, you know, the worst happens. And I think that that is um, another huge benefit. So when you brought your kids out of the, or when your kids decided to leave the public school behind and do homeschooling, uh, what were some of the practical things you did that worked? What were some of your lessons learned in that process? Like, because you really didn't know what you were jumping into. I didn't. didn't. Well, I, I researched a lot. Um, and the first thing that I did and that anyone really has to do with, um, with, uh, if they decide to go down this path is you need to legally withdraw your child from, from public school or else you're going to have, you know, those people at your door that want to arrest you. Yep. So, um, <laughs> so you need to, um, and it's so simple to do. Uh, you don't even have to go to the school to do it. You actually, your kid just doesn't even have to show up anymore at school. You just have to file an intent well, at least in Georgia, I can't speak for every single state, but I'm pretty sure the majority of them are like this. You, you, you can, you know, there's an interactive map on like a homeschool. There's a homeschool legal defense association um, that you can look up to see what each state requires. But my state, you just had to file something online. It was as simple as that. So I had to do. And, and then I was like, okay, I guess we're homeschooling. So that was the first, the first step. Um, that was very easy one. Um, then the next thing that I did was, um, I wanted to just look at what my kids were supposed to be taking in school. Like, what were they supposed to be doing for ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade? I just needed to get a general idea of where were we on this map? What did we want to do? What didn't matter as much? And um, so that's what we, that's what we, that's what I did next. Um, After that, I brought my kids into the conversation. I said, okay, well, here's what the your peers would be learning in school and you know what interests you what other things interest you because we're not limited to these subjects we could do whatever we could do whatever we want yeah it's cool like we could actually do whatever we want and it's um it's the sense of freedom that you have from being able to do whatever you want with your child and you know also knowing like what's your what's your child's goals now in you know second grade they might not have a goal (laughs) for what they want to do when they grow up my my older son his whole thing was politics he wanted to he truly wants to be president of the united states one day so um so he needed to make sure that he had certain things right because he was going to go to college um which by the way he takes this is a whole other story, but he has taken everything that he has learned in homeschooling, like the independence, the not caring about what people think, the 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 ability to speak out and and to speak clearly and mm-hmm. to um, speak his mind to school. And even for the kids that are on the other side of the fence, they come up to him and they say, you know what, I don't agree with what you're saying, but like you said it really well, you know, mm-hmm. like you made a good argument. You didn't just say, oh, that's not good, you know, and I hate this person. It's like he gave, he will give you, like like I said, conceptually, he gets it. And I think that, you know, so for him, he really wanted to know more about politics. He really wanted to know more about um, 
just everything having to do with history in our country. Um, you know, he, he read the communist manifesto. <laughs> like he, he's done everything. He, he just wants, he wants, he just wants the knowledge. He loves that stuff. Yeah. So that's where we went with him. Um, so, so, you know, it's really important to talk to your child and see, well, what do you like? What do you enjoy? What do you want to do? You know, what do you, where do you see yourself? Now my other son sees himself in music. So do I think, you know, uh, advanced calculus is going to be important with him. Probably not. Um, but, but he's also happens to be very, very good at math and he, he, his mind works in that way. So he enjoys it. So we'll see, you know, I'm not sure what we're doing yet with that. Um, but, um, but yeah, so those are like the first three steps. Um, okay. Uh, you know, and you talk about I was in Montessori school for the first, I think it was like three years that my mom put my brother and I in. And there were two rooms. There was the younger age group, which we were in, and the older age group, which was, I, I don't know, like middle school and mm -hmm. up students. And it was that kind of situation where I really liked doing math and science and stuff. So I would go pull those lessons off the shelf sit down and do them and I would have other kids to interact with and talk with. And it, it does, it, it changes your, your outlook, your development, all those, I can just echo all of those things that you talk about. And then going into the public schools, it really just it stamps all that out. And the teachers, you know, I had a teacher, I got in trouble. What my, my mom used to joke between my brother and I, the principal had her on speed dial um, I got in trouble one time for, I don't remember what, got moved into another teacher's class and uh, the teacher left the room for a minute. Someone asked me, what'd you do? And I said, oh, I was talking or whatever. And I was answering that as she walked in and she tells me, don't you talk to my honor students? They're smarter than you. Oh my goodness. And like, I was, I was felt so embarrassed by that. I went home right. in tears, told my mom, of course, she's back with the principal the next morning but that's really kind of i don't want to say stanford prison experiment but at the same time i don't know if you saw what happened in la with the i think it was in california school where the teachers the students who weren't wearing masks were sent to the gym for the day to do their work there and it turns out to be a whole bunch of them and one of the mm -hmm. teachers put tables in front of the doors, which is a big no-no as a fire hazard. I didn't hear about this. And also set the thermostat, turned it way down in the gym to make it really cold in there, which is the exact How same. How is that not abuse? And I, I think they got into some trouble for, for it, mainly because okay. of the, you know, the blocking the, the exits of a fire exit. Um but those were the same kind of things they started doing in the Stanford prison experiment. They started messing with the, stu the, the prisoners and adjusting the climate controls and trying to make their life miserable because mm -hmm. they weren't going along. And yeah, it, it's just, I, it's. It, well, you know, I, I, I think everyone probably has a story like that in some capacity of something mm -hmm. that happened to them in school. I mean, if when I really start to think about it, I can come up with so many things with my children. But I mean, I remember myself, I got permanently kicked out of my uh, chemistry class in high school in the very beginning of the year because I was questioning the teacher on things that he 
either didn't have an answer to or he didn't like the way I asked the question or whatever it was. He didn't like me. Mm-hmm. Not everybody does. <laughs> but he didn't like me. And I got kicked out permanently. Like I was not allowed back in the class. And you know what? I learned all that stuff on my own. I knew I had to take in New York. It's a regents exam that you needed to take. I knew I was going to have to take that in order to pass the class. And I was just like, I'm just studying this on my own. And I did not have a teacher to teach me chemistry. And I aced that exam. So mm-hmm. so that just thinking back to that stuff, like people, you don't think that you one of you asked me before like well you know what was the first thing that went through your head with the with come well the first thing that went through my head is i don't think i have the patience for this you yeah. know i don't think that i can do this i i don't know if i know how, i don't know i can't i don't remember calculus i don't remember chemistry like, i don't know these things so how am i going to teach my kids this and not and not just that but i felt that you know am i going to be able to handle being a teacher you know it's a it's a hard job it really is for and there's good teachers out there and there's also Mm -hmm. some really not good teachers out there and um you know and for the ones that are good and care about the kids and and you know i think it's a really great job and for the ones that aren't that well that's the reason why i'm homeschooling my my children you know i used to get get um uh Te- like reports back that the teacher would write notes on it and things would be spelled wrong. I'm like, how could you spell your the the comments that you're writing back to these kids? Like you're spelling words wrong on there, like simple words that I found very hard to believe. Yeah. And um, you know, just things like that. Uh, it's just um, you get you really do get uh, you know discouraged and go, what what exactly am I sending my kids into? Yeah. Um, you, you know, you, you brought up chemistry and that's one of the, I think another one of the concerns that like parents and things would have is how do we, you're doing, you call it homeschool. I would t- kind of lean towards home education because I don't know yeah. that you can like replicate the school experience at home. You shouldn't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's the reason you have your kids out of there. Do not replicate it at home. But there's, there's things that like they do at school because they have a chemistry lab or because they have a music hall and 40 kids or whatever that they can right. form a band. How do you compensate or what kind of strategies do you use to overcome those kind of obstacles? Well, the great news is there are so many resources out there that are available. Um, like I said, okay, I, um, my kids, I wanted them to do a foreign language just because I think that helps culturally and mm-hmm. to, you know, enriches your life. And we like to travel and we've made a lot of use out of them learning other languages. Um, but, and, and I also minored in Spanish in college, luckily. So, um, you know, I wasn't going to give them the option of learning French with me because then I'd have to completely learn that from scratch. But because I knew Spanish, that was one that I said, okay, well, well let's do that as, as the first foreign language. And now my son wants to take uh, Japanese after he, he completes Spanish, uh, which is going to be this year. And that's, that's, that's his choice. And we're going to get, um, there's different programs for that to, okay. to learn these things. There's, there's things that you can get tutors in in Japan for like $10 to each time you have a lesson, an hour lesson with your child and they're on a Zoom just like this and they're going to be talking to your child mm-hmm. all for, for you know, the entire session. Um, so there's things that you could pay for, um, some very, very inexpensive and then some that are completely free. Like for instance, um, 
Khan Academy is one mm-hmm. that we have used for math over um, time. Um, they have every form of math you could ever want to learn there, and they really have a good approach to the way that they present it. And um, my kids did great using Khan Academy. And um, did I, when they had a concept that they didn't understand or that they were having trouble with, they bring that to me and I'd say, okay, now I happen to remember some of the math after all of this time, it's all kind of coming back to me. It's like riding a bicycle and just, you know, you kind of remember after a while. Mm-hmm. But if some if something that we didn't understand, well, we seek something out, a YouTube video, something to help us to get through that concept. Um, there's another um, uh, um, platform that I like, it's called Modern States. They have basically every single uh, type of course that you'd ever want to take there all free and not only is it free but um, you can get once you're done with the course you can take a CLEP test which is basically you finish you take the CLEP exam and then you get your college course completely you know that those three credits or whatever it is for whatever course that you took are already finished for when you go into college um, and the CLEP exams if you take this free course are completely free and it's totally like self uh, self-motivated you don't have to show up at certain times you do it whenever you want you look at the things um you know my my, my older son in fact between doing clep exams and the ap exams that we did together um and through dual enrollment um he started off college as a junior and not mm-hmm. just a junior but a junior well into his junior year so so Think about how much money that saves you right yeah, there in college if, if your child's going to go to college, which mine was. I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so that that's pretty impressive. Um, but there's also, you know, there's um, there's uh, TED Eds. YouTube is a great resource. Study.com is another really good resource for every single subject. There's IXL, which is a another resource. I think that one you have to pay for, but it is inexpensive. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just basically learning every, anything, but there's lots of uh, like working examples. So there's, it's almost like a, a living workbook. Okay. Um, Khan Academy that. did that. That's something that I used with my daughter when we were teaching yeah. her to count and do some basic addition and so forth. And another strategy that I used is I tried to teach her like three or four different ways to solve the problem. And I think with the government schooling, they teach you here's long division and this, or I guess now it's common core, which is even worse. (laughs) It's terrible. (laughs) Not long, long division is the easier. (laughs) And and like, I I see what they're doing with that because I'll, you know, I had a college professor uh, in engineering school that would, could do an equation in his head with exponents and division and, you know, a pretty complex equation, he would come up with it to usually one or two decimal places before we could even get it punched into our scientific calculators. And uh, I think that comes from being able to kind of round up to fives and tens. That's one of the strategies that I use when I'm doing stuff in my head and then add back the remainder later, which is kind of common core, but like they take it to such an extreme with that. Um, and, And Really, I think if we want our kids to go out and be successful in the world, we need to do a couple of things. Uh, One, teach them different methods of solving problems and let Mm -hmm. them pick which one works best for them, but also tailor the education to their learning style. And I'm talking like, uh, you know, auditory, kinesthetic, visual learners. I'm very much 
an auditory learner and, you know, like in percussion, if I could get someone to play it for me, then I could knock it out. No problem. But trying to translate it otherwise was harder for me. And so I think that's something where the government schools kind of fail, but I'm guessing homeschooling that that's really what it's all about. That's one of the core benefits. That's, that's where you excel. Um, and, and yeah, like, like, like yourself, my son is auditory as well. Uh And that makes sense because he's a musician. Um, so, uh, so yeah, in, in a public school setting, it doesn't matter what way you learn best, whether you have to hear, see, touch, doesn't matter. You're going to learn the one way that they're showing it to you. And if you can't, it doesn't register for you in that way, well, you're going to fall behind. You're not going to get the special attention to learn something differently. Um, so, so it's a really, really good point. And, and especially um, with the way they make you show your work because the, they want you to follow right. their process, right? And if you yeah. come about it the, another way and you get the right answer, they will still dock you points because you didn't do it their way. And it's so much the, I think it was Edison that had an engineer come in and gave him a light bulb. What's the volume of this light bulb? And he measures and calculates and toils away and comes up with an answer and gives it to him. And Edison takes the bulb over to the sink, fills it up with water, pours it into a granulated beaker and says, yep, you're about right. Thanks for coming in today. (laughs) He wants common sense is lost on these on these kids in a lot of it ways it is and that's horrible because you know what there's a lot of people lacking in common sense nowadays <laughs> and uh you know i just I, I just wonder like where are you how are you thinking how do you come up with they come up with what, their answer because that's what they were told their answer is yes. but i would say that in the beginning um that was part of the learning experience for me too with seeing that my my kids would come up with the answers to things with zero work i'm like how did you know this he's like i just knew it i'm like but how he's like oh i don't know i just know in my head that this 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 and this and i was like all right like Mm -hmm. i don't need you to show the work what i don't need that you know if you know that that's the answer and you're able to come up with some the 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 thought process in your head well use it because it works for you right it, th- that's that's a, a perfect example it is and you know it, but but other um programs as well like you had mentioned um how would like in school um for instance kids they're doing they have labs and and things like how do you how do you emulate that in a home environment well you can um in 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 certain aspects of it but in other aspects of it like does my kid really need to dissect a frog? No. Mm-mm. That, that, that Why? Why do they need to do that? I, that? My child has zero. First of all, they love animals. They don't want to be cutting one apart. But they also um, have zero desire to do anything in the biology field, anything in the medical field. So why do I need them to dissect a frog? I don't. So that's not something I have to emulate at home. But I do they really enjoy the idea of how chemicals work together and that sort of thing just from a conceptual point of view. And um, so there's there's a company that I worked with called Mel Science and they actually produce uh, chemistry kits that they, they send you like the, the kit with the Bunsen burner and all sorts of other little okay. things to begin with, you know. And um, and then you get two, two chemistry um, 
kits a month that they send you that teach different concepts. And we did those and those were great because first of all, it was a fun thing to do. And mm -hmm. second of all, it gave them that, you know, that bit of that, that intro into it. And some of them were quite complicated. It wasn't like you were just doing like little, little tiny, you know, experiments. Like this was, this was on a, a middle school and high school level. Um, but, but, you know, that was an example of, we brought that into home and I didn't need the, the super, dissect a frog situation going on here you know okay. yeah yeah um socialization like that's one of the big concerns that i think a lot of parents have well if i pull my kid out they're going to be isolated they'll fall behind socially i mean it's, that's not really the case when you meet homeschooled kids but what are some of the strategies that you employed to get your kids around other students? I mean, I guess you had it a little easier because they were already in public school and had made some friends and so forth. Yeah. Um, well, you know, there's that, that I did a video like, but what about socialization uh, mm -hmm. on my YouTube channel? And um, there are just, just like there's extremes everywhere. There are extremes of homeschool kids that, that aren't, particularly well socialized okay mm -hmm. but that that's that's the older um concept that's the older like belief of or stigma surrounding homeschool kids that they're not socially um you know uh well-rounded mm -hmm. and um uh, definitely not definitely not the case with my kids. I think that sometimes they're too social um, in what they, they want to do and the things that they, they are involved in. But there are so many different things that exist in, in your community and in the world, frankly, to uh, have socialization. And one of the things that I say to people, the first thing actually I say is, they say, oh, your kids don't get to socialize. Well, when do your kids get to socialize when they're at school? Because they're not allowed to talk in the classrooms. Yeah. Their lunches are like 20 minutes long. They have, um, you know, their teachers, there's like not this group environment that's going on in school, especially now. So, yeah. so when are they socializing exactly? And it's sort of a question that they go, uh, you know, I don't really know the answer to that. Um, whereas my kids have opportunities at any point in the day to socialize and to be involved in things. And um, so, for example, uh, my one son is in a band, so he goes to his, uh, you know, meets with the band members and they play and jam and whatever you do. And um, he also would do music lessons. So that's interacting with other people. Um, we he 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 does go to religion. He's making his confirmation um, this upcoming year. So he has the, you know, going to his retreat and volunteering and all the stuff that he's doing. We do volunteering all the time. So that's another uh, aspect of um, of socialization. We mm -hmm. just went rock climbing the other day. Um, we travel, we're constantly around other people. You know, all of our friends have kids that we all get together with. It's not like we sit at home and never leave and, you know, barely see daylight. It's, that's not the case. That's a myth. And, um, they, Another thing, art classes. My kids were in lots of different art classes. Uh, there's community art centers, that sort of thing, um, all around. They did potteries. They did, you know, uh, painting, um, different things like that. They did karate. Uh, they did soccer. They did 
just whatever it was that they wanted to do. Like I said, mm-hmm. I I let them explore whatever they want, whatever they happen to be interested in. I'm like, okay, let's let's check it out. Let's go be a part of this. We take field trips all the time. So um, you were mentioning co-ops before, yeah. and um, co-ops are never really my thing. And uh, there's a couple of reasons why. Um, for some people, it works really well. For other people, they use co-ops for for two different things, um, and it's usually a blend of them. They they have it so that way you maybe maybe I'm good at Spanish, and maybe someone else is better at um, biology or whatever Math, it may be. Yep. So they would teach the kids biology, and I would teach the kids Spanish. And I don't like that um, because the reason I'm schooling is so I have like my kids are, are working with me and I'm providing them with the education that I think that they should have. Um, so I don't like it for that. I don't want, and I also don't want to be teaching other people's kids either. Um, not that I don't want that responsibility, but I really don't um, care to do it. Okay. <laughs> you know, like okay. I, I'm, I'm homeschooling my kids because I actually like my kids. I enjoy being around them. I have fun with them. They have fun with me. We are creative. We get to do so much, so many things. Like, that's why I'm doing it. I'm not doing it so I can save, you know, every kid and, and I want to start a homeschooling, like, you know, organization out of my house. Um, so so there's there's that. Um, but the other aspect of, of co-op, which I have been a part of, is um, like some of these field trip things. There's homeschool field trip groups. Um, okay. and you can find these all over the place. There's Facebook groups, you know, for your area, for your town, just hundreds of these kind of organizations all over. So we would get together with groups of kids to go do like fun stuff. We went on, uh, we did so many things. We toured recycling plants. We went to an Amazon warehouse to see how all the, you know, everything got all from when you order it to at your door 30 seconds later. Now, Um, how did, did, were those, how did y'all set those up? Was that just one of the parents in the group calling and asking, hey? One of the parents was sort of the, the leader, but people would come with suggestions of things okay. to do. So um, say, hey, I know somebody in, you know, this type of group, okay. um, or I know somebody at this company. Um, so we did we did so many things. I, I'm, like, even drawing a blank. I mean, we would go to the Botanical Gardens, which I took my kids on their own anyway. Um, but just, but that's another opportunity for the socialization aspect of it. And that's what I liked it for. So, so the co-ops, I use them more for the, like, get together and, and have, again, learning experience somewhere else and, and with kids versus um, having another parent teach my kids. Okay. Okay. Uh let me think i guess sports have do either of your kids play sports well um no not really i okay. have the uh the the intellectual and i have the the artsy musician yeah so <laughs> they they never they did though uh mm-hmm. my my youngest son's a second degree black belt um he was short of his third degree and he decided to he didn't want to do it anymore and we were just like all right that's what you want to do um my oldest one is also a black belt and um he but he's just not a sports kid (laughs) he'd be the kid that you know when he was younger he threw a ball at him he like jumped back he just wasn't wasn't that they but that being said they love cycling so they have 
you know, awesome bikes. My one, my younger son is a BMX bike and he likes to do all the crazy tricks and rides and stuff. And the other one, mm-hmm. um, they go out riding for, for hours with their friends, you know, on the weekends and go exploring and set up these places in the woods to, you know, with these forts. And again, like the fort situation coming into play, like, you know, that they, I, because I they built- watch some of these shows, the survivor shows and everything. And they, um, you know, can build these things that are, mm-hmm. that are just standing the test of time still in the woods there. So I, I um, grew up in uh, city Plano where there was new neighborhoods being built all around us. And my brother and I would go scavenge the scrap piles in the front yard. Oh, yeah. And take that off into the woods and build a fort uh, on some undeveloped land in Plano, which now it's all houses everywhere. But yeah, I, I did at least five forts growing up. And my grandfather eventually came over and built one for us that had a escape hatch to the roof with a ladder uh-huh. that we could climb up and climb out on the roof. So I know all that's about the, the fort building and so forth. And that's one of the other things we're doing with our daughter is building a bunker in the ground with a roof and this was actually one that I built originally when I was a kid and we're going to rehab it and we we set up another one across my brother and I were out there brought friends and we had a firework war and we're shooting bottle rockets back and forth at each other I guess you get in trouble for that these days but that was (laughs) one of the things we did that's that's awesome Awesome. My, um, my son's also in the, in the sports arena. They like to shoot. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, my youngest son, he's like a marksman. He, it's, it's crazy the accuracy that he has uh, with, a, with a gun. And um, my, my older son, too, same thing. But my younger one's best with the pip- pistol. My, my older son's best with the, the rifles and stuff. And they just have a great time doing that. So, again, something that they were interested in that we nurtured, you know. Yeah. That we got. And that's they, something yeah. that they used to teach in school. And then it suddenly stopped. And I think I've seen there is a shooting class at one of the government high schools that they're kind of bringing really? that back, which is encouraging. But, yeah, it, they just really want to make the, the square peg go through the round hole kind of thing and, and turn out this homogenized citizen. It's almost like they're training you to be a good employee, a good citizen, and go out and or a good soldier. Work your life, that's good I soldier. That's yeah. the way I look at it. You know, pay it's, taxes it, it you die. What's that? They go out, work, pay taxes, and die. You know, like that's the ideal life that they set out, that society sets out for us. And I think there's more, more than that. Yeah, there absolutely is. And um, there's, you know, there's just so much else happening in the schools when you talk about um, the, the agendas that, that the, the school boards and the National Education Association are, are promoting. Um, and that's all, and we haven't really, really spoke about this at all, but all the CRT and the racial divide and mm-hmm. stuff in it, you know, they're, they're, they're taking the, the, basically what our, our, our country was founded upon and creating lies, you know, that, that whites were enslaving blacks in order to get rich. And, you know, don't get me wrong, American history is definitely stained by the dark evil of, of slavery. But sure. to re- rewrite American history, that slavery is defining and it was the defining and, and motivating factor behind every aspect of our national story is like, it's just ludicrous and yeah. dangerous. 
and unethical to reframe history this way. But that's what's happening, and they're 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 changing history to suit their agenda, and that is impacting these kids in school too. And I think that that is um, that's another huge you know factor that we didn't even speak about yet uh, of of what's happening in these schools. And you know, like I was uh, as a Quaker, that was one of the stories that I learned. It was Quakers who were behind the abolition of slavery in the Great British Empire. Mm-hmm. There's this. Bury the Chains book by Adam uh, Horschild, and they rode around tirelessly to these town hall meetings, and I think we're seeing kind of a revival of that with uh, sort of the constitutionalist crowd, which I know you're a part of, going around and holding these kind of town hall-like meetings where they talk about what's happening with, uh, you know, looking into the election fraud and looking into, you know, some of the corruption and so forth. They made models of the slave ships. What they didn't do was fight a war that cost a half million lives and glorify that. And um, yeah, like you say, f- make it the primary focus of of uh, our history. When I think it's a, a certainly a component of it, but there's so much more to it. And that gets into just yeah, they are really trying to reshape our society in this process and and they can't do that without first capturing the minds of the the right. citizens uh, to sort of adhere to the group think and, and what we're seeing today with the vaccines and the risks that those are posing to our society, to our children. It amazes me all the levers that are now being pulled. Um, I think having that monopoly is really sort of the, uh, the, the keystone in the arch, so to speak, to where it, it has to be one size must fit all. Go, knowing what you know today, if you could wipe the whole thing away and create a system or components of an educational, uh, I don't even want to call it system, but like um, method or, or pieces, what... What kind of things, if you had the absolute ideal environment for educating your kids, what kind of resources do you think you would create? Does that make well, sense? Uh, maybe. maybe. <laughs> if I answer it right, it makes sense. Okay. Um, so, honestly, I don't think that I would do anything different than what I've actually done with my kids. So... Um, this was perfect for my family and for my children. And I don't think there's a one size fits all approach, but I do think that if homeschooling didn't exist and it had to be an education, that was a a public school type setting or some type of setting like that. um, Or I would say, take it, take the opposite of that. If the public school system didn't exist and you didn't have, a set lesson plan, like what kind of things would you want the market to provide uh, well, to solve that yeah, problem? Those, those things are already there also. Okay. And it, this homeschooling is not, it's not a new idea. It existed before, um, before public schooling did, right? Mm-hmm. People used to teach their children at home things. I mean, granted, everyone wasn't as possibly uh, educated and enlightened back then, but I think that um, right now, we we have 
everything accessible. And and I think something that's made that happen is is technology. Um, you know, my my mother probably never would have been able to homeschool me. Um, listen, I was definitely not the homeschool. Like I was like always like I loved school, but it, it was a different world back then, mm-hmm. much different. And um, but my my mother would not have had the resources available to her to do a type of homeschooling uh, environment. Right now, those resources are in abundance. There are so many things that you can use. Sometimes I feel like, wow, there's too many. I'm almost like I have to really focus on what do I want to use here and what's going to be the best for my child based on his learning, um, you know, the way that he learns. And, and, but the thing is, there are so many things that are available right now. Like I, everything that you need is at your fingertips online, just everything. And if it's not your fingertips online, it's outside. It's in the real life. It's in the real world outside. You do not teachers. Like I said, I'm not, not going to say negative things about teachers. They've done the, obviously I'm a product of, of many. Um, I've also had some really bad teachers growing up. There are, there are great teachers out there and I respect them, but for the most part, um, there's some teachers that shouldn't be teaching and um you know tenure is one of the issues and 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 they're just holding on because they get to and um they're not putting the effort into these kids anymore and they're just doing what needs to be done and they can't ever get fired and they just ride out their time uh things like that that are happening the fact that um we don't the pay for teachers is much lower um, than in the past. I don't know what they're doing exactly now, but um, but that affects the quality of teachers that you're getting. Um, you know, teachers, people aren't going to want to be teachers and have that, that higher level of education and be able to uh, spend their time doing that without being paid correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have these classrooms that are, that are packed to the gills. They, there's no individualism at all inside of them. And I think that that is a huge component um, of of a perfect learning environment for me is having that individualized learning. You know, e- private school is an example of something that, um, depending on where you where you go and what you see, is is an example of of sometimes a school environment that can work. You know, that that have smaller classes that have individualized learning that actually care about their students and and create curriculums around. Um, the types of things that the kids want to do, not necessarily things that they want to jam down their throats. So mm-hmm. there, there are, I think, I'm sure a small amount of uh, schools that exist that are like that, but they're few and far between, and not everyone can afford private school. Um, so, yeah, but truthfully, yeah. everyone can afford homeschooling. It's and just, we- you know, I think if we removed, it's something. When I was in Keene, we used to one of the some of the activism that we would do is with the school because property taxes were, I think it was over 50%, a little over 50% of the budget for mm-hmm. property taxes that people were paying every year. Yeah. And you take that away. And now those parents and you know, they, they get into this. Well, if you rent, you don't pay property taxes. It's like, no, you don't. That's added to your rent. The landlord's not losing money paying property taxes instead he's just adding that to your monthly rent so the cost of living goes down if we can move away from that system and i Mm -hmm. think yeah the the 
that's a big part of the problem is these teachers who just don't love what they're doing. If you don't love what you're doing, you shouldn't be a teacher in front of kids. And that was Miss Little, that teacher that told me I wasn't smart enough to talk to her honor students and how dare me. She she was not enrolled. That's the thing. I just find that very sad that um, that that teacher thought that that was going to you know, benefit you in some way? Was that, I mean, you clearly remember that to this day. She was nasty. (laughs) What happened? So (laughs) that, that left an imprint on you. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'm also the student that found a piece of wire on the ground and had a little bit of insulation on it and two prongs. And I bent it and my, this is in the middle of music class. My buddy dared me to stick it in the light socket, which I did. Uh And then shortly after, And this cloud of smoke rises from the back of the room directly behind us. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's like the second to last day of school. Yikes. Principal calls my mom in and says, I'm so surprised you didn't get hurt. We're, I'm not even going to punish him. So we got away with that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's funny. Sometimes as long as my kid is okay, I was like, all right, just hopefully you learned from that. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, gosh. What else? What else should we cover here? What do you think? Well, um, you know, I, I think going back to just there, the reasons to homeschool, um, because there's so many, I can keep going with this. Sure. <laughs> I think, you know, uh, we talked about obviously politics and the racial divide and safety and violence. And uh, yeah, that's just the that's just the the tip of the iceberg. I mean, the drug use that's happening in schools is at an all time high. Um, I know of a number of children who have OD'd um, and I know, uh, you know, and and have gone to rehab before they even got to high school, Um, you know, and I live in, you know, a, a nice place that you wouldn't think that this stuff is happening all the time, but it is happening all the time. Like there are kids that are doing drugs and and I said the the evil social media, like they're on TikTok finding people, to, yeah. bad people to hang out with and to sell them drugs and to get them vape pens and to do whatever it is that they want. And, and, and these kids this is what they're doing. And it's it's scary. It's scary that um, that drugs are such a, a prevalent factor, the things that are happening in the schools. Um, you know, I don't know if you have any any. My brother was uh, like very much involved in that crowd, and um, mm. w- there was a huge like heroin epidemic. And one of mm. his friends um, came back from the military. I found a letter years later from this kid uh, talking about I can't wait to get out and get high and this and that, and came back and overdosed and died. Um, mm. He was one of several kids, and. Um, yeah, nowadays they're taking prescription pills and mixing them up and taking them yep. randomly, and it's like that is insane. Um, yeah, I, it, there's just and the fentanyl that, that, that that's in marijuana uh, now—it's just really so. So these kids are going to go, you know, smoke weed and end up with fentanyl in it. Like it's just a, it's and you know you don't get a second chance with that stuff. You mm-hmm. die, mm-hmm. and it's it's really scary and and the peer pressure that happens in school environments too is 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 a factor in all of this and and the reason that a lot of these kids start doing the drugs to begin with and yeah. i think 
just regardless of, of if you homeschool your kid or you they're in public school, wherever they are, I think it's really important to know what your child is up to. Yes. It's really important to be involved in their life and to listen to them when they talk and to not brush them off for, for some reason mm-hmm. and to, you know, keep track of what they're doing. Look at their phones, do that stuff to make sure that's your responsibility as a parent. Um, Because if you think that you're leaving it to, to teachers at school to do, they're not doing that. You know, these teachers, they might be brainwashing them, but they're not raising them. And, um, you know, they walk out the doors or after school or whatever they're doing, they're on their own. And um, it's just really important for a parent to know what your kid is up to. You know, you mentioned social media and that was something uh, my ex-wife had talked to me about. And I, I really didn't have any comprehension of this, but she's got a, uh, one of her girlfriends, their kid was on social media and got attack or you know somebody said something something mean the kids were kind of cyber bullying i guess is the term for it nowadays and just dealing with depression and suicidal thoughts and i I mean it is really dangerous and she really kind of left me with the understanding that no no sam you have to take this social media stuff very seriously do not let your kids go out and do all this stuff without any supervision uh you know We've given her her tablet and so forth, but locked it down to some degree. And I do go in there and look when she's watching YouTube videos. And the, Sorry, go ahead. I said you need those parental controls yeah. on there. And, and when she's watching YouTube videos in the car, I will ask her, what are you watching? What are they learning? Kind of thing. Sometimes I'll put them on the, mm-hmm. the car stereo so we can both hear it. But yeah, you have to you have to take an active role. And I think that's maybe one of the reasons homeschooling is so successful because that seems to be one of the core principles that you, uh, I guess, uh, adhere to or that has attracted you to homeschool your kids. Yeah, just overall, I feel like it's a much safer environment. And and <clears throat> you, people think like, oh, well, they you know aren't exposed to different things. They're exposed to everything. We learn about everything. They see things that are going on. They, they see the news. They see things that are happening. So they're exposed to the stuff enough. They don't need to be exposed to it right in front of them in, you know, the boys' bathroom. Like, that's yeah. just not, it's just, I, I'm doing everything I can to prevent that stuff from happening. So that way, that way my kid, and, and, and it worked, I will tell you, because my kids hate just the thought of drugs to them is like, it's just, they are very, very, very much against it. They're very, very much against alcohol. Mm -hmm. Um, They get on me for having (laughs) glasses of wine, Um, but I'm not against alcohol, but for (laughs) children I am. Um, But yeah, but they're very, um, very against alcohol. And, you know, they're even against cursing, just anything. They just, they're just, they're just good. They're just good kids. And it's not that it's not a fake good. It's like they're actually, they feel it inside. And, you know, it's, it, it's, it sounds like you're saying it's developed their character and who they are as a yeah, person as a result. Thanks. Yeah. That's the words I was looking for. <laughs> okay. Okay. What are, yep. if, are there other, uh, like guiding principles that um, or things you've seen come out of your kids as a result of homeschooling? Yeah, I have. I have seen that my kids are very, 
they're very caring. They're very caring about other people. Um, they see uh, when they see some kid that somebody isn't playing with them, or they see somebody who looks like they might be upset about something, or or somebody looks like they might be hurt. My kids are the first ones over there going, "Are you okay? You know, can I help you with something?" It's just, it, 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 what's been instilled in them is just it just makes me so proud. Really, I mean. So there's that. I go for walks with my son almost every single day, and we talk, you know, during that time, catch up on 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 stuff that he's working on and what we need to do, and any you know personal family stuff that we need to take care of. And um, if there's garbage on the ground, he sits there, he picks it all up as we're walking, like people's water bottles, you know, dirt, some junk that they left on the phone, a wrapper, like he's just picking it all up, throwing it in the garbage on his way. Like he cares about his environment he cares they care about the people that are around them they care about people's feelings so yeah those are all huge takeaways and um a lot of that has to do with the way that i raised them to be caring about other people but i don't have to remind them of this stuff they yeah. they do it on their own this is something that's now instilled in their souls you know it's some it's who they are as a person and um and i think that that's just you know, that just makes me really proud as a mom. <laughs> Laura, when you, when you pulled your kids out of the public schools and started homeschooling them, how did your interpersonal relationship change with your kids? Did, was it noticeable? Um, well, you know, I think that we got to, because I got to spend so much more time with them, um, it, it, we got to enjoy so much more together and it wasn't always my my schooling with them isn't like okay we have to be up at nine o'clock you know you have to start at nine and you end at four and this is the way we do it um they know kind of what they need to get done during the day and they're welcome to do it whenever they want to do it so we get to spend a lot of time together like i said my my one son and i we go for walks all the time like i go rock climbing with my cat like i do this stuff with my children um mm -hmm. and my husband too they everybody you know we do everything together um even when we go ride to bring my son to school we all go together you know we stop to dinner we'll we'll have um we eat every single meal together so i feel like it's it's definitely brought us all closer together um and it's been really enriching as a family to have that and um my kids have been uh self-starters in a way so it's not like i had to have a bad relationship with them to be like, why aren't you doing your work? And I need you to do this. And why aren't you do that? It, I don't need to do that with them. And um, a little bit I in the beginning that we had to set some boundaries. Um, but once we got past that, I think that it made it much, just things just went so smooth. And I, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's like clockwork now. There really is no, no hiccups. There's no bumps in the road. Like we just, we just enjoy every day and, and we enjoy making plans to do things. Um, how, old my is, son's really, how old is your hmm? oldest? He's 19 now. So did he go through the whole rebellious teenage years? Because that's something I've heard a lot of homeschoolers say, like that doesn't really happen because I'm it there. It didn't happen at all. It didn't do yeah. any rebelling and neither is my other son. Um, they, and, and in fact, when he sees other people behaving in a way that's like that, he's like, you know, 
what's well, up that's with not that? Good parents, yeah. or whatever it is that he he thinks, you know, his reasoning, um, or he must be hanging out with bad people or stuff like that. So no, n- they never did it. Never, never once. My kids are so respectful, and they're they're so they're just so good. Like they just they would never ever think of saying something mean to me or or nasty or any to anybody to anybody nobody you know they enjoy spending time with their grandparents like what teenage boys like are like oh grandma and grandpa gonna be there today like they want to hang out with you know my parents they they love it and um they love when we go on vacation my parents are coming like it's meaningful to them they sit there and play cards with with mm-hmm. my parents or do um you know whatever different things puzzles whatever it is just to hang out with their grandparents like they they just I just think that if you're in a family environment, and this is something that schools really don't want because they they push it away, push family away. The family unit is not important to them. And they, in fact, they don't want you involved at all as much as possible because they want to be able to be the ones who are, you know, shaping your children. Um, but my kids escaped that, thankfully, and. Um, you know, and I think it was just at the brink too. <laughs> it was just mm-hmm. at the brink because I remember my 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 older son in seventh grade, maybe when he he was in seventh grade, he was giving me the climate change stories, and okay. um, you know, and he was really I could tell something was just he was so they were getting to him, they were getting to him. So I started being like, hey, okay, well. You think that, well, let's look at, you know, what they're actually saying. They said, you know, when I was in school, they told me the ice caps were going to be completely melted. You know, there was going to be no more, no more icebergs and and we were going to be flooding out countries. And, and um, let me, let me show you this, you know, these, these things. And, and now here we are and it's actually exactly the same. And, you know, the ozone layer was going to be burning through. We're not going to have anything left. We're all going to be fried. Um, you know, everyone's going to have cancer and the ozone layer is actually better now. So I had to, I had to kind of unschool him in that way, you Mm -hmm. know, to to give him the facts because he was only getting one side. Um, and I think once I, I did that, that was the only place where I started. That's where they really started getting into him. And when he realized that he was kind of getting fooled, he, yeah. yeah, he, uh, that's when he got real independence about, what he believed and and searched for information rather than just you know believed what was given to him and he went on to uh he's a real big defender of the constitution my older son he um you know he he's won a number of competitions for uh the american legion and for vfw for different things that they had um regarding uh, the Constitution, um, speaking, uh, you know, speeches. He went on to win. Uh, I think he was going to go to states for um, for the American Legion uh, contest. Um, but you know, so so he developed on his own and did these yeah. things on his own after that. And a lot of the traits, like running up to help kids um, that might be in trouble or something like that, uh, stepping away from the kind of collective outside of the group think for a little bit to to help someone those are the traits of leadership and and it's really like that's what you're training your kids to be homeschooling versus government schooling they're training people to be employees you're training your kids to be problem solvers and leaders out in the world 
Yeah, and, and you know what else too? Uh, you said any other things. Uh, another thing that they do is they're so good with younger kids as well. Mm-hmm. Um, my my nieces and nephews, like the, you know, you have a, a eight year old or ten year old kid, and and they're good. They're patient. They you know they teach. They I, I watch them teaching him things, mm-hmm. and it's so beautiful to see that happen. Like I to see them having the patience to sit there with a little kid and teach them something that's a pretty hard concept or something like kind of a little difficult and, and then sit there and, and hang out and play with him and, and, you know, let them be him be a part without feeling like he's some third wheel or he's bothering them or something like that. So it, it's, they, they've developed a patience too, um, to, to let them just, accept everybody around them and they 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 exclude nobody and it's um it's just really refreshing when you you see what goes on in Uh, schools roxy's asking here uh what your kids show as proof of qualification when applying for a job is that something you've encountered proof of qualification meaning like something i guess a equivalent to a high school diploma or something along those have they had it when they go in and apply for a job have they run into any obstacles being homeschooled no, but, um but I, my son's only uh, older son is only in internships right now but okay. um, oh she's saying but, on a resume okay they still have a diploma okay you can i in fact i i named my homeschool it's Cronin academy of arts and sciences we have t-shirts every year you know whatever it doesn't matter where you get a diploma from it's still a diploma okay um okay. it did not now keep in mind my son applied to colleges he applied to mm-hmm. some of the best colleges uh around and he got scholarships <laughs> to these schools so he um you know there is and and he has a uh you know diploma from me so you need to fulfill certain certain obligations in order to apply to college. Um, not really to get a job, truthfully. Uh, truthfully, a job. You sell yourself at a job interview if you can get in there. You're you're where you went to high school means nothing. Where you went to college yeah. means nothing yeah, if exactly. you can speak, the, you know, talk the talk and and walk the walk and and impress somebody. You could have gone to community college. It really doesn't matter. Um, but I think that my um, the high school diploma, he fulfilled his, his obligations. And like I said, my son graduated my high school with an associate's degree in political science already. So, and that wasn't from me, that was from a college. Um, that was from a state school. So, um, so, you know, that, that's already impressive enough. Um, and then he'll have his college degree, but Listen, I am not a huge proponent of college either because the same exact thing happens again, just on a different level. Um, so, uh, I'm whatever my, I, I'm. I I try to teach my kids to be entrepreneurs to try to mm-hmm. again have that leadership quality. I don't know. This is just my belief, but I think college is kind of an antiquated um, concept, just sort of like school, um, unless you're going for a specific. Yes. Uh, yes specific um you know talent like a doctor an engineer something something where you actual training for but business um you know any of the social sciences all of that stuff again every single thing you could ever want is online you do not need to go and pay a ton of money to go to school Mm -hmm. if you are able to access this information without that it's just i just I, i actually have a hard time getting this i feel bad 
that my parents sent me to college. <laughs> like, actually, I actually wish that I can get that money back um, from from college because I, uh, you know, I, I just looking back, I'm like, what did you really get for it? Yeah, I, I went to engineering I got school. Diabetes from college. That's what I got. That's how. That's how I got type one diabetes. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> Crypto Crank here is asking a question along these lines. He's saying, I'm curious how homeschooling had, if any, impact on the ability to and or earn an income. And, you know, I want to, you can answer that, but I also have an, go ahead, Laura. Well, I can't really answer that right now because my my children are not at a, you know, they're not professionals yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I can tell you that I highly doubt it's going to have any negative impact. In fact, I could bet 100% it won't have any negative impact because, um, again, there you can look throughout history and find that some of the most successful people never even graduated from high school. So yeah. it's just a matter of what you're doing, your ambition, your, um, you know, your drive and your determination, um, you know, so I, that, I want to share my brother's story. I mean, we yeah. talked about his friend coming back from the military and overdosing that that weekend on leave or whatever it was. Um, he ended up going to rehab for a while for drugs. And like one of the kids broke the Freon on an air conditioning line outside of a building to huff it. And I mean, like not a good situation. He was not in a good place there. And my mom was very worried about him for a period of time. And he got out of that and he got a job for like Dalworth carpet cleaners, doing the carpet cleaning, driving the van around. And I was with him uh, a few months back and he said, you couldn't pay me a thousand dollars a day to do that anymore because he eventually just, you know, he learned the business from that Dalworth carpet cleaning job. And then my mm-hmm. mom was a real estate agent, got some jobs, you know, doing carpet cleaning in her house and eventually got into flood restoration. And uh, now he has a, you know, very successful business and a, owned a, uh, a franchise and so forth. But I think a lot of entrepreneur or, or a lot of homeschool students will look at the world in a fundamentally different way, right? You mm-hmm. get out of government school and it's like okay where do I want to go get a job or you get out of college it's like okay who do I want to start applying for a job with whereas the homeschool approach is more of okay here's the world out there that I've been dabbling in how do I want to go out and solve problems for people is that kind of the mindset that you've instilled with your kids a hundred absolutely hundred percent that is exactly what i i don't want my kids to be forced to go out and just get a job just to pay the bills i hope that um and i and i don't think that's going to be the case either i i have a feeling my my older son has a pathway that he that he wants to be on and um he's trying going to be trying to internship uh, have internships with some pretty big uh people in the political uh, arena and hopefully he'll have stepping stones from there and mm-hmm. that's the pathway he's choose that he is wanting to choose um if he changes direction that's good too you know even as a life coach i i also believe that you need to enjoy what you're doing you cannot yes. be forced to do something you will never ever be happy right. you just won't and that's why so many people change direction so many people mm-hmm. think like oh my dad was a doctor like i'm going to be a doctor and and they think that that's what they have to do and, and i've actually coached doctors that that come to me it's like i don't want to be a doctor though. i don't i don't want to do this i mm-hmm. i don't like it but what do i do now 
you know, I have my have to pay off uh, med school. I, I this is what I'm doing. This is all I know. So what what am I doing? And you get to a point of you don't well, you don't want to get to that point. You want to get to a place yeah. of being like, I'm happy with my life every single day. That is the goal. I think across the board, no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing to wake up every day and be excited and be happy that you just woke up and that you get to you know, experience your day and who knows what it's going to bring, but you're going to know how to work with whatever comes your way. And, um, and again, like my younger son, he, he, he likes a lot of different things and, but music is where he wants to go. And he is uh, nonstop practicing and, and playing. And he, that's, that's the pathway he wants to go down. So um, that's, you know, that's where most likely he's going to go. Will he maybe go to school? school for music and to learn more about music theory or whatever maybe but we're not even we haven't really even you know crossed that bridge at all to even speak about it yeah and and, you know that was my experience um got out of went to engineering school became an electrical engineer went to work for the phone company it was a pretty good job moved from there to a vendor that was hewlett packard and loved Mm -hmm. it they had coke machines in the office i used so you could go get a Coke anytime you want for free. It was an amazing deal. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> 10 years before that, they would order cases of liquor that would show up every month, and they had a stocked bar in the office, but that, that got done away with because we had company cars, and I don't know. But, you know, like I was I was oh, yeah. living the American dream. I would take, I'd go snow, I live in Texas, and I would go snowboarding five times a year, usually in a couple international locations, and I got to travel and I got to do all these fun things and I'm making six figures and this is the American dream and I'm supposed to be happy, but I wasn't really happy. I was going, you know, on these business trips and then there's nothing to do. So I'd go shopping and buy clothes that I didn't need. And I had 53 pairs of shoes in my shoe rack that I built. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was after I slimmed down because it was just getting ridiculous. And I just realized this is not making me happy. Uh, do, uh, I remember getting in the elevator one day with one of the older engineers that had the pocket protector with the mechanical pencils and was overweight and, you know, thick glasses and the button down shirt and looked, you know, dressed, dated and everything. And I'm like, is, is this the life that I want to live? Is this at the end, do I want to look back and say, you know, this was my contribution to humanity and, Eventually, I decided, no, it wasn't worth worth that. And um, I kind of went out and did my own thing and and found something that I was passionate about. And um, really, I, it's not easier. It's always they make the conforms of society like the they, they do a very good job of obscuring the fact that you're in this cage when you mm-hmm. follow along and do what everybody does right what when you're part of the herd life's generally a little bit easier um but it's not necessarily happier and and it's not as fulfilling i think and that is such a key component that i think kids just don't get to develop in the in the public school system because they're they're not they just don't have that perspective do they no they don't and and it's because their parents haven't had the opportunity to give that to them and the teachers certainly aren't doing it so yeah. um so that you don't get that opportunity in in the public school system um 
I was also going to say another uh, another aspect of uh, because I can sit and rattle off so many you know these things as to why uh, homeschooling isn't even uh, just a, just a great option as well is because of the flexibility that it offers you mm-hmm. and and your family. So, like for instance, it's a nice day. Like we can stop what we're doing and go out for a little bit mm-hmm. or my son can go out for a bike ride or whatever he wants to do like we, we're still everything's still going to be here when he gets back like just go enjoy some time outside go enjoy mm-hmm. or he wants to set up a slack line in the backyard or a hammock and go out there and you know walk on do his tight roping and go hang out in the hammock and read a book like that that's an awesome thing to be able to do to go have that flexibility to enjoy your day and to um drop what you're doing and do something else if you need to there's not you're not worrying about oh um well i can't schedule a dentist appointment for two o'clock because he's going to be missing the uh you know uh algebra exam and then he's gonna have to make it up it's like i don't need anybody's permission to do anything we just go whenever we want to go we get to travel whenever we want to travel we get to take our field trips we get to do um, whatever it is, like the world is our classroom and we can use it whenever we want. And I think that that is something also that, um, that people don't realize that you, that you own your time. It's the ultimate sense of freedom. You also get away from that school schedule to where when you do, when you're out of school, so is everybody else and they're all going to do the same kind of activities. So The places you go are more crowded. Spring break. We skip spring break. And and it's you know what? It actually saves a lot of money because we don't have to pay those jacked up rates rates. to go places. Um, but but you mentioned sleep and that that is another thing. It's proven that kids do not get enough sleep, especially the younger kids. Now, my son, when he was in kindergarten, had to be at the bus stop at six fifty-three AM. Six fifty-three for a five year old. Like, does that make sense? To me, that doesn't make any sense. But that—that's it. They, that's insanity as a kindergartner uh, and and all throughout elementary school. And you know, not to mention, there's a huge level of stress for the parent to make that happen as well because you're rushing around. The kid doesn't want to get out of bed. Trying to get that. Trying to get the lunches made. Trying to make them. Bu- and then you see the bus going by in front of your house. You're like, damn. Now I gotta <laughs> drive them to school. You know this whole thing. And yeah. so, whenever I wake up in the morning, I usually do work out and stuff and get that done before my son even gets up. But at times when, when, you know, not, I just will be like, Hey, you feel like getting up now, you know, but there's no rush to, for him to get out of bed. However, I'm not creating lazy children. Like my kids are never sleep later than nine. And that's just, I think that's probably just because of me and the way that I've like operated my whole life. And Um, you've got to instill some values in them because if they sleep all day and you know, aren't getting their work done, they're not going to be successful out in the real world. No. And, and it's funny because like I said, they, they bike ride a lot and one of their friends that they ride with, you know, it'll be like Saturday and it's noon. And I said, Oh, is, you know, such, such going to go riding with you. And he, he's still sleeping. sleeping. I'm like, what? Yeah. That he, they're like, I don't know. Like, you know, my kids are already like, you know, halfway through their day with, with what they're doing and, and what they've accomplished and they're still sleeping. And it's like, Hmm. Okay. And, and um, sleep is so important for, their development, that's something uh, yeah. my daughter's mom is really big on. She used to have to get 12 hours sleep, and now that she's seven, it's 10 hours. If, if she doesn't get 10 hours of sleep, I'm in trouble, and I hear about it when she goes <laughs> back home because, yeah, she wants her well-rested and healthy, and you know all that stuff comes into play there. Um, 
something else that I actually thought about too. These are just random things that sure. are coming into my head. Um, but one, uh, there's in in the school system, there's a big emphasis on standardized testing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, during the especially during the whole like no child left behind years, uh, Obama stuff, and um, basically schools and teachers are judged judged based upon the scores that the schools the kids get that the student test scores are. And, um, you know, that is a big problem because that suggests, hey, we for we haven't even done like a lot of the education stuff, but now we need to teach just to this test in order yeah. to pass this test. And um, that leads to really a reduced focus on other areas of of creativity that you can have in school like music like art like those programs are going away and a lot of sports programs too i mean they're vanishing from the schools because they have to use their money and their resources on certain things and um standardized testing although i have my children take them as a benchmark i just want to see where they where they are um we don't spend time focusing on this stuff we Mm -hmm. are just like okay Uh, well actually one of the things you need to do I believe when, at least in Georgia, is you need to take a standardized test while they're in um, up until, I guess, high school or something, just to see developmentally if they're on the right um, level. So these tests are just like the California achievement tests or something that um, my kids take and they're just they just whip through them. It was no big deal. But um, but they do take the standardized tests. And uh, it's proven that homeschool kids score 15 to 30 percent higher on standardized testing than the people in public school do that are basically being taught to learn just for the test it's 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 and that's because again conceptually kids understand things better like Mm -hmm. my son just doesn't repeat facts about history back to me he knows the entire story and the background behind it and he can talk about it for an hour to you he can't just tell you you know when the revolution happened and who who was in it it's just that he can actually go into detail about what happened and why and in in everything really Mm -hmm. it's it's sometimes i go how do you even get like i know i didn't teach you it's like where are you getting this from and it's just because he has a love of learning now from the ability to be able to do what he wants um, that he seeks out this information because it's interesting to him. That's why I love podcasts so much. Uh, You know, in government school, it was exactly that. I remember scanning the paragraph. Okay. This date, 1871, that's going to be on the test. And then, (laughs) and, and that's basically what I was reading for is the factoids that I need to memorize for a week. So then I can pass the test and forget them until the, uh, semester test at year the year. end or whatever, a quick right, review, and then I'm good to go. It, you know, it, it's... Right, and then you just sort of close off that part of your brain, just like, uh, that's why you don't remember yeah. it anymore. But, and then I get uh, I get away from school, and I start discovering podcasts and soaking up all this information. And now I love to learn about different topics and dive into things. And it's just... I, I recognized how the school system really made me not enjoy learn the learning process because they made it so miserable in the first place. And that's that's very true. And I think that's why a lot of kids don't like school because they're mm-hmm. miserable there. And mm-hmm. that's why the only thing they like about it is their friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I get the 
but that's where the whole like stigma about the socialization thing comes from. Well, that's all my kid likes about school, and now you know you're going to take that away from uh, them. Then what do they have? Okay. Um, and that's that's not the case. But it's just a it's it's just an uneducated like you know quote unquote uh, viewpoint that, that because you just aren't familiar with the mm -hmm. whole homeschooling process and how you can make it dynamic for your child. Yeah. And, you know, you talked about uh, vacations, taking those whenever you want. Mm -hmm. You know, my brother and I went through public schools, but when we were, I think, 14, when I was 14 and my brother was 13, she withdrew us from school for a week so that we could all go to Jamaica. And mm -hmm. we stayed at a Jack Tar village. I had my <clears throat> first strawberry daiquiri with alcohol in it. How <laughs> old? 14, yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to say virgin, but I didn't. And anyway, uh, uh, I, I didn't get that drunk yeah. or anything. But we also like <laughs> rented motorbikes and rode up this little mountain path to this waterfall that the kids dived in uh, mm -hmm. and nobody had ever gotten to the bottom of. It was so deep. And uh, of course, while we were down there at the waterfall, one kid had a whistle and he was to signal to his friend up, up top where our motorcycles were parked it was going through them looking for stuff to steal. So like we got to see, oh, you got to be careful when you go out into the world. And I also, you know, took scuba diving lessons and learned how to scuba dive so I could go diving uh, on that trip. I did windsurfing. Um, so there is, there's so much to just getting outside of the classroom and getting out in the real world like you're doing yeah, with your kids. Those experiences, they're invaluable. And um, and just having the ability to that not only like if you were like, oh, I really like this windsurfing thing, then mm -hmm. you would be able to do it more because you'd have more time and you could work that into something like my son uh, as my older one. He really um, was on a sailing kick that he just loved. Uh, everything about sailing it was, you know, constantly watching videos on it and learning about it and whatever. And so we had gotten him a little, little sailboat, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and he loved it. And again, it was a learning experience. Like he learned how to sail that thing. He learned how to operate on his own out in the, the, the lake. And it was just a, you know, again, a really good learning experience for him that not many kids get to go down that road because yeah. guess what? We didn't, ha we didn't care one day. We we're just like, Oh, it's beautiful out. Let's go to the lake and, um, and sail. And, and I got him a couple of sailing lessons. He went to a sailing camp, you mm -hmm. know, and, and did something like, because I don't have, you just don't have to answer to anybody. Your time is your time. And if that's what you want to do, then, then you can do it. And, um, and it's just, I just wouldn't trade it for the world, really. Okay, good. Very good. Um, anything else you want to bring up here in closing? Um, I mean, I could talk for, oh, yes, well, I did. I, yeah, I wrote a book. <laughs> Talked about that very briefly in the beginning, but it's called yeah. Homeschool Happily. I got that right there. Right oh, me. you're showing it on screen, but I've oh, you have got it, it on up. your you website. Yep. Come better than mine. Yeah, you can get that on my website, um, which is beyouonlybetter.com. And the same as my handle on twitter and everywhere else pretty much um and uh you can also get it on amazon but i'd rather you not go there and I'm trying to kind of phase out of there i don't trust them at all Understand. um yeah it's just a whole other subject my I, mom I had stopped another... using it altogether. yeah because she's not well, happy with what they're doing 
Right. But I am, I have my book there for the only reason is so I can print copies of it and, uh, and sell them on my own. But in order to do that, you have to have the book active. So, um, so that's why, uh, but I don't care to support them. Um, and, um, uh, what else can I say about that? Um, you know, I, I almost think like, your children are going to grow up one day, right? And knowing that you are the one who taught them a million things. You taught them how to walk. You taught them how to use a toilet. You taught them their ABCs. You did all that stuff growing up. Like you were their best teacher and yeah. you continue to do that. Um, there are so many resources to, to, to let that happen and to help you with that journey. And looking back i think having all the memories that you get to have schooling your children and spending all of that time that you usually send them off to a stranger to yes. to to de developmentally uh grow their you know their their brains and their 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 spirit is um turning that around and taking that to yourself and to your family is just a priceless thing to have later on in life. And um, I, I would say it's one of the best investments you can make in your children to set them up for success in life. It is. And you know what? I had to take a couple of steps back because the one thing that we didn't talk about is, um, well, people say, well, look, I got to work. How am I going to homeschool my kid? And that is a valid, that's valid, right? Mm -hmm. you, you need to pay rent. You want to keep a roof over your kid's head. You want to be able to feed them. There, there are situations where it's very difficult and that's where co-ops can work out and, okay. and can be beneficial. Um, but there's also, um, sometimes there's two working parents and the parents are used to living a certain lifestyle and one of them might not be able to have might not be able to work and they might not be able to have the lifestyle that you are used to and you have to take, take make some sacrifices. Yeah. The sacrifices are worth it. I promise. Um, one of the things that I did is I scaled back on my coaching a lot. Like I was basically coaching all day long, um, every day. And I scaled back on it a lot. So that way I would have the time to spend with my kids, the, the mm -hmm. really important time. Um, one thing that I will say, because one, one question I get asked all the time, is well how do you homeschooling high school kids like i can't even imagine like how do you even where that knowledge like you have to teach them this stuff i you i don't know all these subjects or whatever like we said you don't have you don't have to know those subjects but mm -hmm. teaching high school kids it's actually a breeze because of all the resources that are available it's it's even easier than than the younger kids because the high school kids are self-sufficient yeah. and, and the middle school kids really too that's the time that you you really introduce them to being you know on their own and, and doing things and being resourceful which is a huge word that i use all the time be resourceful you figure yes. things out on your own um and, um, you know, I think that that is, uh, it's just, a. It, there's definitely sacrifices that have to be made sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, sometimes there isn't, but, but I can promise you it's worth it. And I really believe that life never introduces you to something that you won't be able to figure out. And, um, homeschooling is one of those things. Like I went in it cold and cold. I had no clue. I was completely doing a lifestyle change and, um, and I wouldn't change a thing about it looking back. Yeah. Except I, for, you know, no, I actually, I take that back. 
I would have changed a thing. I would have started homeschooling them earlier. Oh, yeah. I'm really sorry that I didn't. Yeah. You know, my mom, I think was in that situation where she had to work. She was a real estate agent and she was like the number two or three producer for century 21 in the four state region. So, you know, very successful at it. And she made a similar decision not to homeschool us, but to kind of draw back her work schedule to where every day at three o'clock she could be home there for us to spend time with us because they do grow up really fast. I'm, I'm seeing that with my I daughter. Know. They grow up so fast yeah. and it's done and you're like, whoa, what happened? Hold on here. I know. That's why I, I, I take advantage of every single day with them because I know it goes by so fast. Like I cannot even believe my, my one son is 19. Like just, it just blows my mind. Don't know how that happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, but it's true. It's, um, and, and, you know, to that point, um, like your mom came home at three. Well, if she wanted to be homeschooling you at that time, like homeschooling, it doesn't, like we said before, it doesn't have to be nine to five. Nine, it could be yeah. three to eight. It could be on the weekends. It doesn't have to be certain times. There could be certain things that you're doing that you accommodate for. The only caveat to that is if you have a younger kid and, and you just need somebody to be home with that younger kid, that mm -hmm. that's the, uh, you know, that's one of the, the challenges um, if your children are younger. But, you know, I can leave my, um, I could leave my, I was able to leave my middle schooler and high school together. And now I leave my high school all the time to go run out to do whatever I need to do because mm -hmm. he's, like I said, pretty self-sufficient. And we always talk in the morning. We touch base in the afternoon. We have a couple of classes together, uh, usually throughout the day. And then, um, and then we, again, wrap everything up at night and look at where he is so we know what's going to happen the next day. But you can make anything work. It's just a matter of how hard, how much do you want it? You know, that, that's the coaching exactly. thing I say to people. Well, you, you want that? Well, how bad do you want it? What are you willing to do for it? Yeah, it might mean you become a one-car family instead of a two-car family. And you don't have the five subscriptions to Netflix and HBO and this and that. Right. It's going to take some sacrifices perhaps, but... I think it's a worthwhile investment in uh, your your children's future, really. In, in your children's future, like you're shaping, you are shaping your children's future. Mm -hmm. That is, it's a huge responsibility, but it's also an incredible, uh, self-fulfilling um, just thing to be able to, to have that with your children. Because like you said, you cannot get it back. And in, in a way, it's, it's shaping our future society because it's turning out thought leaders, people who are willing to not just engage in the group think, but really think outside the lines and uh, be willing to say the things that maybe are not popular to say. Yeah. So I think there's just tremendous value in that. And we're, we're heading into, I think, some rough couple of years here. Uh, as I think we're already there. Uh, yeah, we're in it, but I think it's going to get a lot worse, you know, in the coming, the next couple of years, I think are going to be rough in a, in a ways a lot of people in the U S maybe never imagined that it could be. And so I just see homeschooling as such an important tool to have, uh, sort of in your toolbox that will help you get through that situation. And Laura, I appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to chat with yeah. us. Um, thank you. Okay. Uh, that's it. Uh, uh, let me just check real quick. That's it. Oh, hang on. <laughs> I lost Twitter here. If there's anybody on Twitter spaces that wants to jump in with a question, do so real quick. Otherwise we're going to wrap up here. I'm going to just scan for questions real quick. 
No. Okay. And I don't see anyone jumping in. So, Laura, thank you for taking the time once again. And, um, yeah, any closing thoughts? Uh, I think I said them all. Okay, good. <laughs> let's, let's wrap it up. Thank you very much. I uh, appreciate it, everybody. I will be back on Sunday. We'll be doing our normal live stream. I've got some stuff from Jinky the Mouse to dive into related to, uh, you know, the whole vaccines and all of that. It'll be an interesting yeah. show. And I think we're... It's blowing my mind what's happening in Canada. We're going to talk about that too. So we'll catch y'all then. Thanks, everybody. Hold on one second. To wake the people up I see a few waking up But I don't see enough If you wanna hear some real rap Then turn the speaker up They locked in Assange And I feel to free them up Rest in peace Black the ripper Let me like this weed I live like a lion I don't wanna die a sheep You can't kill me For talking about genocide The body stops working But the spirit never dies I'm looking at this pandemic From a bird's eye They're lying to the people Not for the first time I just wanna see peace Like the merch sign I tried DMT Not open up my third day Talking about money And swag that's not real rap how the real ones in the struggle gonna feel that everybody's lost chasing the fake life too busy on social media and facetime just look at the way that we live our lives wake up get this money then it's dinner time i love life i could have died but i'm still alive i'm still me without the clothes and the pimmer saying you could strip me naked put me in a jungle no matter how much money i made i stayed humble i had to grow up since eight i've been an uncle i don't always see my nieces but i love you Kids love technology, it's not right though I can't stand seeing youths on these iPhones Reese turned vegan, yeah that's my bro Ain't no dead animals allowed in my home We need to drop our egos and start showing love I feel sorry for the generations growing up With a bunch of fake people to look up to That's another soul that's gonna be a lost shoot I look around and I don't see no real men Just lost dads putting masks on their children That's why if I have a kid then I'm a raisin right I refuse to let some men in suits change my life All the stresses from the world is getting to my head It's all mad, would it be better if I was dead? But fuck that cause that's not the right attitude I'm grateful for life so I show gratitude